Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. About four years ago, my wife and I were, were out doing some Christmas shopping. And we were driving down this, this, this residential street and uh, there was a school zone. And I think, I think the speed limit was, well, the speed limit was 30 kilometers an hour in the speed zone, I know that. But I was doing about 20 kilometers an hour. We were literally just putting along and we were talking and, and uh, I got to a stop sign and uh, came to the stop sign and then proceeded, turned right. And in behind me comes a police car, lights flashing, and he pulls me over. And he, uh, he says, you rolled through the slot, your stop sign. You didn't come to a complete stop. And he slapped me with a 200, $250 fine, something like that, and, and two points on my driver's license. And I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, here I was putting down the road, and I didn't come to a complete stop, and, and, I, and I got fined. And I deserve to be fined. And I, I say all that to say this, that oftentimes there are things we know we should do that we don't do. There are little things that sometimes we, we fudge on the details a little bit, or, or we just kind of, you know, we kind of cruise through them. We, we may slow down, but we don't come to a complete stop. And there's something in the scripture I want to talk to you today about that that may be one of the most often quoted and best understood and least practiced. And that passage of scripture is found in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20. And it's really the last words that Jesus spoke before he ascended to heaven. Let me read that passage of scripture to you. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples of all nations. I wonder what would happen in 2021 if every church on planet Earth made this job number one, their first priority. I wonder, I wonder what would happen. 2020 brought us two words in our vocabulary that 
became very overused, but also extremely descriptive of, of something we all experienced. And that was the ability to pivot. And the other word was unprecedented. Everything was unprecedented. Uh, shutdowns, unprecedented. Numbers of cases, unprecedented of COVID. All of these things that were happening were unprecedented. In other words, we had never experienced them before on a global level like we did in 2020. And then pivot, well, we all had to learn how to pivot. Churches had to learn how to pivot from having full buildings and, and, and you know, the emphasis was on getting bigger crowds to being shut down completely and then being reopened with less people and then more people and less people and then being closed again. And so it, you, you just felt like you were constantly having to change and adapt and the word was pivot. We had to learn how to pivot. So we're, we're in 2021 now. And conversations are happening all over the place. Like, okay, how do we reopen our church? And what are we going to do? And how do we get people to come back? And all of this sort of a thing. How are we going to do ministry? What's it going to look like? And so I want to ask the question, what if we did a pivot and we made Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20, job one, priority number one, that above all and, and beyond, beyond everything else we do, we're going to make disciple making, reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the most important priority from here on in. I wonder what would happen if there was this revival of soul winning in our communities and in our cities and in our local churches. I wonder what would happen if there was a revival of soul winning to the individual believer who was bringing other people to Jesus Christ. I wonder what would happen. What would happen if this became the passionate pursuit of you and me? What would happen? Last week we talked about growing, growing in God by being disciples. And today I want to talk to you about, about growing in God by being a disciple maker, by making disciples. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and I pray that as we look at your word, that you would help us, you'd change us, you would teach and instruct us, lead and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. See, closely being, closely being aligned to being a disciple is being a disciple maker. And I think that as we are in a new year, in 2021, I think it's important for us to really take a serious look again at what it is to be a soul winner to be bringing people to Jesus. Because it's really, it's super easy for a church to, to lose its focus on disciple making. And, and, and to lose its focus on, on some really noble causes. There are all kinds of noble causes that the church of Jesus uh, gathers around. But we can forget 
the important issue of making disciples, of bringing people to Jesus. We can be doing all kinds of ministry and not be winning people to Jesus. And I don't think that's what Jesus intended. When he was giving this, these words, this great commission, I don't think he was intending for his church to not be growing and multiplying. I don't think that's what he intended at all. What if we set other priorities in our lives aside? I mean, personal priorities, not just, you know, our church priorities, because that can be a little detached from us. And we can say, well, that's somebody else's work, somebody else's business. But what if we made personal priority to be a soul winner, to be bringing other people to Jesus? Well, I want to, I want to uh, cover a few thoughts here. First of all, why is this important? What's the importance of it? Well, simply stated, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And there is an eternity that we're all going to spend in one place or the other. Well, let's look at what Revelation chapter 20 verse 14 says. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation 21, verse 8. The cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And we, we live with the knowledge that there is an eternity. And for many, many people, there is a terrible destiny awaiting them. The gospel, on the other hand, is a message of hope, it's a message of eternal life. It's a message of forgiveness. It's a message of reconciliation to God. The gospel is all about bringing people into a relationship, a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who died for our sin. And living with that hope of heaven and eternal life. That's what the gospel is. In uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It matters whether people believe or don't believe. It really matters. It matters where people position themselves in relationship with Jesus Christ. Eternity, if you think about it, it'll make your head hurt. Because eternity is not just the next 10 years. Eternity is not the next 100 years. It's not the next 1,000 years. It's not the next billion years or the next 100 trillion years. Eternity is forever 
and ever and ever and ever. And we got this short window of time in life, called life, where we are given the opportunity to put our faith and our trust and our belief in Jesus Christ. And in this moment of time, we have an opportunity to choose where we're going to spend eternity. And you and I have an opportunity to help other people make the right choice to come to Jesus so that they can spend their eternity with Jesus in in heaven. It's important. It's so important that that it should probably (laughs) grip our souls. It should probably keep us up at night. When we think of friends and, and neighbors and loved ones who stand at the brink of eternity and we have the keys to open the door to heaven or we can remain silent. It brings me to the next point, and that is how do we get to heaven? In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, a very familiar passage of scripture, it says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me go back to that. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. It's that simple. It's that clear. It's not complicated. Not at all. Confess and we believe. It's a message that is so simple that a child can grasp it at four or five years old. It's that simple and clear. It's a message of hope and reconciliation with God. And it's the hope of the world. It's the only hope for this world. Let me say it again. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope for the men, the women, the children of this world. There is no other hope that we can build our lives on than the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the hope of the world. And if you're listening today and you are a follower of Jesus, you have that hope and you have that message and you have the keys to heaven. You can share that message with others. The church has the good news. You are the church. I am the church. We are the church. The church has the good news. And may 2021 be a year where I know in our church, we want to equip you. We want to prepare you to be a disciple-making disciple of Jesus. We want to help you be a soul winner. And we want to help those who come to Christ, grow up in Christ, and be like Christ, and be disciple-makers of others. We're going to do that with God's help. But that's where we want to go. If you want to ask us where we're going in 2021, we want to make disciples. Third point I want to focus on here is, is, is this. What did the early church focus on? Well, they focused on the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20. That was their focus. 
that was Jesus' final words, final instructions. That was, his, that was their focus. And he left the church with that focus, with those words, some 2,000 years ago. And he hasn't changed the message. Hasn't changed it at all. He did not say, run the best programs, have the best musicians, have the best technology. He didn't say, have the nicest building. He didn't say, have, have the, the best campus. He said, go and make disciples. That's it. That's your job. Go make disciples. And I wonder, I don't believe that God sent COVID-19. But we certainly had a year of disrupt, disruption in 2020. And I do wonder if it's something that God used to disrupt his church to recalibrate us, to refocus us and bring us back to the basics of what we've been called to do, and that's make disciples. I wonder if, if God used 2020 to, to help the church to rediscover its main mission, its number one priority, so that this world can be won and reached for Jesus Christ. I wonder... You know, when, when we play the game of chess, sometimes you move your pieces ahead and sometimes you move them backwards. But the whole purpose of this strategy of moving ahead and backwards is to win the game. It's to win the game. That's the strategy. We, we use different strategies, but the ultimate goal is to win the game. And, and this past year, we, we would certainly be able to say that that in some ways we moved forward, but in a lot of ways we moved backwards. And it felt like we were being pushed back, 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 back. But I wonder, I wonder if it was part of God's strategy in all of this to ultimately win the game and win souls and win the lost in 2021 and beyond. What did the early church focus on. Well, look at John chapter 1, verse 40 and 41. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ, and listen to this in verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. The first thing Andrew did when he heard about the Messiah was he went and he found his brother and he brought him to Jesus. Throughout the New Testament, when you look at the book of Acts, that's what they did. They brought people to Jesus. That was the focus of the early church. That's the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And that's why the church grew from a handful of believers when Jesus died to millions of people. Why it became a worldwide movement. 
That's why, because they focused on bringing people to Jesus. Would you do that this year with me? Make it your priority to bring people to Jesus, to tell people, to share the gospel? Would you do that with me? I, I invite you to do that with me. Well, what happened as a result? Number four is the last thing I want to talk about for a moment. What happened as a result of, of these disciples making the fulfillment of the Great Commission their business? What happened as a result? In Acts chapter 17, verse 6, the disciples of Jesus who were out there preaching the gospel, you know what they said about them? These are the ones who have turned the world upside down and have come here too. And, and, and these religious leaders and politicians and everybody else, they were completely freaked out by the gospel being spread because they were literally turning the world upside down. They were turning the establishment on its ear. Turning it upside down. You look at Acts chapter 4, verse 2, and we have the religious leaders, and they were, they were upset. Why were they upset? Well, because the gospel was spreading, and they couldn't stop it. They were trying to. They, they wanted to, but they couldn't stop it. And they were upset. And then we look at Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and it says, Peter's talking, he says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And he's talking about the name of Jesus. And they were preaching this message, and they were turning the world upside down. People were coming to Christ in droves, turning from their wickedness, turning from their old religious practices that weren't getting them anywhere, and they were following Jesus. Jesus is a game changer in people's lives. He is the ultimate game changer in people's lives. He's the game changer in a family. He can be the game changer in your business. He's the game changer in the church. He can be the game changer in government. And let it be said of the church in 2021, that we as disciples of Jesus have turned the world upside down. Turn the world upside down. Because we boldly proclaim that there's no other name under heaven given by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. When the, the message of Jesus hits the human heart, it will turn that human being upside down. It'll turn him inside out. It'll change them, it'll change their desires, the direction of their life. It'll change their eternal destiny. It'll change their life. And all for the better. And when the gospel of Jesus Christ spreads throughout this world, throughout our cities, throughout our communities, throughout our neighborhoods, we'll see change. And so, 2021, what are you gonna do? What's your priority? What do you want to do? What do you want to see happen? We're going to be talking more about this in the days to come. And we're actually going to be doing some, some life group studies on being disciple makers. And we're going to lean into this. We're going to lean into it really hard. And we're going to help you uh, to be a, a disciple making believer. And to be able to boldly proclaim 
Jesus' love for others. We're going to help you. And I, I invite you to come along on the journey. I invite you to, to buy in. I invite you to turn on to being a disciple maker. God bless you. And thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know Jesus as your Savior, all you need to do, as we talked about a few moments ago, is believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus died for your sins. And confess that Jesus is Lord of my life. I'm making Jesus Lord of my life. He wants to forgive you. He wants to come into your life and be your Savior. Would you pray that today? And if you did, why don't you get in touch with us? Email us, drop us a line. We'd love to hear about that. And if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you. We pray every week as a church, and uh, we will put your prayer request before the, the body of Christ, and we'll pray for you. God bless you, and thanks for joining us.